You are making the world a better place by listening to the Joy of Living podcast. This is your guide to achieving a more purposeful, powerful, and positive life. Join Barry Shore in unlocking the best version of you and becoming happier, healthier, and wealthier. And now, here's your ambassador of joy, Barry Shore. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings, and good-looking people. Maybe you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. That's the definition of a good-looking person, looking for and finding the good in life. And you've chosen to be the best good possible because you've tuned in to the joy of living with your humble host, Barry Shore, for one reason, one reason only. Actually, it's the best reason in the whole world, because you care the most in the entire world world about you, Y-O-U, which is great, by the way, because when you become the best you, you make the world a better place. You build more bridges of harmony, create more joy, happiness, peace, and love in the world. You know that on this show, which, by the way, is listened to by hundreds of thousands, right now, 362,822 people around the world are tuning in. By the time we bring on our amazing guest, I mean, this is transformational person, Joseph McGuire, there'll be over 375,000 people because you're urging your family and friends to join in the podcast. And we appreciate that. We always ask, share this with five friends so we can touch over a million and a half people and give it a high rating because uh, that way we spread the word. The word, of course, is joy. Now, you know, in this show, we work with the three fundamentals of life. These three fundamentals will enable you to be happier, healthier, and wealthier. Who doesn't want that? Now, of course, the three fundamentals are, number one, life, your life has purpose. And when you lead a purpose-driven life, number two happens. In this case, a good number two. You go MAD. Oh, MAD is a wonderful acronym. It stands for make a difference. Lead a purpose-driven life, you make a difference in the world. And the third fundamental is to uncover the power and the secrets of everyday words and terms. Simple example, right now, this wonderful podcast is being carried over the internet. If you ask anybody, what does WWW stand for? Invariably, people attach to the internet, and factually speaking, they're correct. However, in our world, the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, WWW stands for what a wonderful world. And what, a, of course, is a word, W-H-A-T-A. And a big tip of the hat and a thank you to Louis Armstrong, Satchmo, for enabling the song, What a Wonderful World, to go viral and not just touch tens of millions or hundreds of millions, but billions of people around the planet. And, of course, when you hear the opening bars of What a Wonderful World, what do you do right away? You can't help it. You smile. Now, smile is one of the most important words you're going to be internalized, utilized, and leverage in your life. Because SMILE stands for seeing miracles in life every day. Seeing miracles in life every day. Now, I got to tell you, I am honored and humbled to be able to do uh, seminars on the web and in person. Recently, I did something with 1,127 people. And there's a lot of energy, a lot of hugging. And I'm telling you a story about Barry Shore. And I'm talking about seeing miracles in life every day. And some people raise their hands and say, hey, Barry Shore, Barry Shore, I've been up for hours. I haven't seen any miracles. And I asked them, are you here? Can you hear? Can you stand still? I can't do that. Can you walk? I can barely do that. Do you have water to drink? Do you have food to eat? Do you have a place to sleep? Do you have family or friends? Every single one of those is a miracle. Now, what's the proof? The proof's simple. A million people didn't get out of bed this morning. You know why? They died. By definition, if you're watching or listening, you didn't. If we have an obligation to live life to the full. So let me tell you a quick story. It's about me. Imagine, if you can, standing up in the morning, completely healthy and hearty, able to lead tall buildings in a single bound, and that evening being in the hospital, totally, completely paralyzed from the neck down. It was not an automobile accident. It wasn't a spinal injury. It was a rare disease, which I never heard of the day before, took over my body and rendered me what's called a quadriplegic in a matter of hours. Nothing moved my neck down. I could only communicate by blinking my eyes. I was 144 days in the hospital. Two years in a hospital bed in my own home. I couldn't turn over by myself. I had a wheelchair for four years. 
I had braces on both my legs, my hips to my ankles, and that was progress. Thank God today I'm able to be vertical and ambulatory with the help of a seven-foot walking wand. So I'm a triped, not a biped. I can't walk up a stair by myself. I can't walk up a curb by myself. And I have help 12 hours a day, seven days a week. But you hear my voice, positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, all because of this one word, smile, seeing miracles in life every day. I gotta tell you something cute though. My eight-year-old niece comes over to me a few weeks ago and she says, Uncle Barry, Uncle Barry, can we spell smile S-M-I-E-L? I was thinking about it. Smile, smile, sounds the same. Why not? I asked her how come. She says, because then it would stand for seeing miracles in everyday life out of the mouth of an eight-year-old. But what was she doing? She was creating the kind of world she wants to live in. Now, create is a fabulous acronym. It stands for causing rethinking, enabling all to excel. Rethinking, you're going to hear a lot about that from our amazing guest, Joseph, in just a little bit. Now, rethinking means, in reality, a shift in perspective. Now, I've been working with people for more than four decades, and I can tell you 97.2% of all the people I've ever worked with, they drop the F in shift, and the other stuff happens until they learn how to do the shift. Now, you're going to be effing careful with your Fs, or the other stuff will happen. So if you do your shift in perspective, here's what's going to happen. You'll be able to internalize, utilize, and leverage the six most important words you'll ever learn. And these are choice. Not chance determines your destiny. Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. How you choose to respond in any given situation will determine the path of your life and the trajectory. Now, before we bring on wonderful Joseph, I'm going to warn him and you, everybody that's new, I do use a lot of four-letter words. I even use the four-letter F-U word because of the shock value and it's fun. Now, of course, the four-letter words that we use to live in the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant are love, life, hope, free, give, pray, play, swim. And the four-letter F-U word, of course, is fun. Fun, yes, F-U, capital N, capital N. So after the show, you see a family and friends have a twinkle in your eye and a smile on your face, point your finger, says F-U, everybody. Remember to add right away, capital N, capital N. So where'd you get that? So I listened to Barry Shore on the joy of living. He wants to teach the world to F-U, capital N, capital N. You'll get their attention. Now you can talk to them all about the amazing insights you're going to learn from Joseph. So just before we bring them on, I'm just going to urge everybody to use the two most powerful words in the English language three times a day from now and the rest of your life. And these two words are, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank is an amazing acronym it stands for to harmonize and nurture kindness. To harmonize and nurture kindness. Imagine you walk into your coffee shop, order a fancy latte, and somebody sit down, somebody brings you, say thank you. Walk in the coffee shop, order your fancy latte, a couple of minutes goes by, nobody brings you, girl, the kind of say, I'm sorry, we forgot, we'll bring you, sit down. Another minute goes by, somebody brings you, still say, thank you. You're walking out of the coffee shop, it's raining out. Somebody holds the door open for you. You say, thank you. You're walking out of the coffee shop, it's raining, and somebody slams the door on you. You say, thank you. <laughs> you're late for an appointment, you're stuck in traffic, somebody cuts you off. You say, thank you. Get up in the middle of the night, and you stub your toe, and it hurts. You say, Thank you to harmonize and nurture kindness. I can't think of any, but kind is an amazing word that says, or keep inspiring noble deeds. I can't think of anybody that I'd like to share that inspires noble deeds more than amazing, wonderful, fabulous Joseph McGuire. Joseph, please say hello to 375,912 people around the world. Hey, Barry, I'm delighted to be here. And that's, wow, that's just such an amazing, amazing introduction. That could be the program. I could, <laughs> I could listen to that all day. <laughs> You're very kind, as I said. Uh, if I started telling you all the amazing things about Joseph, it would take the rest of the show. So I'm going to suffice to say two things because it makes a difference for you. Remember, the reason you tune in is because you care about you. Joseph knows how to read faces. Now, the face is one of the most important aspects of your whole being. And I'm going to share with you quickly, Joseph, an acronym that I use for face when I speak with people. And it stands for, I always ask people, what does your face say about you? And I say face, in my opinion, stands for fresh, aware, creative, expressive. That's a face. That's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. So I want to turn it over to you. And let's just jump right in and talk about 
what is it you mean reading faces? I've heard of people reading palms. I've heard of people, you know, just uh, trying to understand, looking people's eyes. What is it about the face that you believe makes a difference and can create a true connection one to another? Yeah, I, well, I, work, I particularly work with an ancient Chinese system. It's a 3,000-year-old system, but I've been reading people since I was a child, and really it's the, the whole idea that the outer reflects the inner. So our face is a reflection of what's really going on inside us. It tells a lot about our life history. It tells about the, how we communicate. It tells about a lot about our family history. Um, tells about stress triggers and responses. I learned it as a, a diagnostic tool, originally one of the diagnostic tools used in Chinese medicine. So our face is just so revealing about who we are, where we've come from, where we might be going. And it's, it, it's to me, I, how I really present it is as a communication tool. So because so often what happens is people talk at each other. They talk across each other. So I'm helping people. My aim is to help people listen to each other recognize who the other person really is, who they can be. So we're creating exceptional relationships. Oh, I like that. Exceptional relationships. Yeah. And I want to ask, I think it's obvious, but I, I don't know. So I'm going to ask. So I'm looking at your face. This is an amazing face. Now, when I see or think about a face, I'm looking at eyes, nose, mouth, chin. I'm going to include ears, uh, eyebrows, forehead. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all there. I mean, you can talk about basic face shape, then you talk about the, the size and position of the, the facial features in relation to each other. And then the lines and the marks, you probably, I don't know how many of my lines you can see, there's quite a collection. Uh, as you can see, I'm not, I'm not a teenager. Um, so you look at then the, the combinations and how they relate to each other. And because it, it, the whole idea is the face tells so many stories about the person. It's a life. It's also a life map. So you've got like, you, got, you mentioned the ears. The ears are the first 14 years of life. They also tell a lot about our, about our grandparents and their relationships. Then you've got the like the the the, the teenage, the late teenage years, the, the 20s, 30s, etc. Down down the face. So you can look at if there's a major mark or indentation or something or whatever on the face, and you can say, oh, there was something significant happened at that time in your life that has had a lasting impact. So based on what you just said. <clears throat> I am thinking out loud. It seems that someone who this whole thing about reading a palm with lifelines and such like that, very nice, very interesting. But what you're saying is that you can do the same with the face. Let's say with the forehead and the lines you just mentioned, that those yeah. become, uh, how should we say it, chapters in the book, as it were stories yeah. that can be told and learned by someone. I actually have some significant marks on my forehead in terms of lines and such because of some traumas that I've been through. And uh, I, can, I can attest exactly for what you're saying. It, it's quite amazing. Yes, we're, neither of us are teenagers, but I'm happy to tell you we have a lot of teenagers listening and potentially watching. So what is it about a teenager, you're saying, I let's just focus on the forehead for the moment. It's almost as if you're saying, well, there's a clean slate there, a new place where one will actually either have the ability to etch your own experiences or they will be revealed because of things that go on. Let's call it stress, trauma, or, or even, even the other side, love, happiness, joy. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. If it's more the love, the happiness, the joy bit, then really you're not going to get so much of these these lines that that you and I have, you know, we've we've collected. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so what if, if it's you know if it's the love and the joy bit, then what you're going to see is the eyes will really be sparkle, the skin tone will be really bright, shiny, and you just there's just going to be a glow about the person. There's going to be that you know really wonderful vibe about them. You you just they're people you want to be with. Uh, you know, I love this word glow glow and grow and the these are how should we call the generative words in my humble opinion when you talk about glow you as you say the word it animates right and somebody if you say to somebody you have a glowing countenance most people don't say countenance anymore i do but you have a glowing face i see a change in people's demeanor their eyes light up 
the whole being changes, shifts because you're touching something essential in the human. Is that correct? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And that's the whole. I mean, that's the whole. And I think we share the same philosophy. There's a there's a beautiful story I love. Um, there's a young lady by the name of Jenny Jerome. She was in. She was an American lady, high society, uh, living in, in in Britain, the the, the late eighteen um, hundreds, and she she got to dine with two eminent British political figures. The first one was William Gladstone. They were they were both uh, prime ministers at different times, and these two these two people were bitter rivals but the first one she got to dine with was uh, William Gladstone and she said after I dined with Mr Gladstone I felt he was the most intelligent man in the country but then she dined with Disraeli and said after I dined with Mr Disraeli I felt I was the most intelligent lady in the room <laughs> what a wonderful story yeah oh and I I, I want to bring home the point a little more because first of all I love it. There's um, a famous person who's his name is Archimedes. I've mentioned him many times throughout my podcast, and it's worth it to do a Google search. One of the things that Archimedes spoke about was, give me a fulcrum and a lever and I'll move the world. And what you just did is you move the world for me. And it's uh, something that I mentioned to people when talking about networking and such, the, the difference between being interesting and being interested. And I think that obviously you just brought it up beautifully in that wonderful telling story, which obviously is true, not just apocryphal. Uh, you mentioned this is an ancient Chinese technique. Uh, where did you come to learn it? How would anybody know about it? In other words, you look, is there a school that you found as you're walking the streets of Dublin that says, oh, turn in here for ancient Chinese technique on reading faces? Uh, no, there wasn't a master plan. Um, I left Ireland to go to Israel to spend time on a kibbutz, and then I left Israel and came to London. And I had um, I I'd started I changed my diet before I left Ireland, and I was eating I was eating a whole foods diet, a microbiotic diet, and it changed my my whole physical energy levels and state of well. What what age are we talking about? We're talking twenty three when I left Ireland. Okay, and you're older than twenty three now. A little, a little, yeah, a couple of weeks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I was fascinated by the food and the, the effect. So I knew there was this particular uh, restaurant in, in London I could visit. And I went I went there, ordered a meal, and the, I sat down at a table, and there was a guy sitting opposite me. It was just, a, it happened to be there was a free space, so I sat down opposite this guy, and we got talking. It turned out he was from Denmark, and he said he was over to do a course. And... I didn't know anything about the course. So but another guy came by the table and my new friend called him over, pointed at me and said, this guy wants to do the course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course, absolutely. And the course was starting that evening. So I just said, okay, I had no idea what it was about. So I, I thought I would be learning about whole foods and how to use them. And that was a part of it. But um, a major component of the course was actually um, beginning of a training in Shiatsu. And as part of the shiatsu training, we were introduced to reading faces as one of the diagnostic tools. So then it was just like light bulbs flashing for me everywhere. You were glowing. Yeah. But I want to um, make mention of something that you said to me before we even began, that this, this talent, this unique ability was something that has been with you since you were young, a child. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I just intuitively knew stuff about people, men especially. Men to me are a simple breed. Women are still something of a great mystery, but then they are to most men. <laughs> <laughs> um, but men are men to me are very straightforward. Um, and but it was when so when when my uncles or when my father's work colleagues would come to the house, I just intuitively knew stuff. Now not like deep intimate stuff, but I knew about the character, and I knew who was being who was who was lacking confidence, who was being really upfront and honest, and who wasn't. Um, and then my dad would bring me to soccer matches and I could tell who was going to move where before they did. I could see the patterns of play developing and I knew which I could see which players were, were going to, were going to be, you know, become downhearted when things went against them and weren't the people who weren't really trying, who weren't really committed or who became complacent when things went well for them. And of course, I just thought everybody could see this stuff. It's just so obvious, but it wasn't until 
you know, many years later. It's not so obvious, right. And by the way, uh, I am just so taken with what you're saying, and I want to talk about it in just a minute. Right now, we're going to, we've got to urge people. We have sponsors for the show, and we, we vet them, and we love them. So we urge everybody, use these sponsors because they're good for you. Remember, it's all about you, not about Joseph and me. So we'll be right back with more Joseph, reading faces, learning about connections, and how you can glow right after this brief message. Don't go away. What if you could shop at your favorite local stores, swipe your current credit card and get extra cashback rewards? And what if you could also have donations sent to your favorite cause at no extra cost to you? What if this amazing program was absolutely free and very simple to set up? Well, what if is here. Welcome to Einstein Cares, where your everyday shopping gives you and your favorite cause extra money. It's fast, it's easy and effortless. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved immortal beings and good looking people. Maybe you're good looking. It's always looking for and finding the good. We have good in abundance. Our cup runneth over with good Joseph McGuire. He's in Dublin, Ireland, but there's no geography anymore. But what he brings to us is something absolutely stunningly wonderful because it helps you. He's talking about the ability to learn more about another being by reading the face. Now, mostly men. Women are still inscrutable, but let's talk about that. Actually, let's use that as a jumping off point. Wonderful, uh, Joseph. In, in ability to read another face or to begin to understand another face, let's just use men, as you said. It's a little more straightforward at the moment and capable. Uh, how do you do that and build trust with another person? Can one look into somebody's face and discern an ability to find more trust? Yeah, there are certainly people we come across, unfortunately, that aren't trustworthy. We know that. I mean, we've been we've been around the block a few times, so we, we unfortunately those people do exist. But um, there, the, the majority of people are trustworthy, even if even if that doesn't appear to be the case for some people. But the majority of people are actually trustworthy. But we sometimes need to help them thaw out, coax them out a little. So one of the things you mentioned there, but the difference between being interesting and interested. So one of the one of the, the primary human needs we all have is to feel heard. So and feel is the operative word. So when people feel heard, when you actually listen to them with genuine interest, and it doesn't matter if you agree with them, don't agree with them, but if you really listen to them and show that you've listened to them, ask them questions to get them to expand, elaborate. It's amazing how the defenses come down and people then tell you how interesting you are and they feel they feel drawn <laughs> to you. Yeah. Oh, this is so wonderful. Um, and it's when he mentions the word, the two words, to people want to feel that they've been heard. It's important to understand that there's a D at the end of the word, H-E-A-R-D, and not a T, not hurt. People are easily hurt. People want to be heard. If you actually hear someone, truly listen to someone else, you created a bond by definition. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, it really is that simple, but it's the thing of actually being willing to listen. So really. why, why is it that people are less willing to listen? Is it because we're so in love with our own voices or is it that people are always asking for something for themselves. I'm, I'm actually quite fascinated because I work with a lot of uh, young and even older entrepreneurs and networking is a very important aspect of living in the world. It seems obvious, but it's true. And one of the things that I urge people to do is like you said about the, the story about becoming more interested than interesting and when people go to networking, they, they want to get something as opposed to giving something. So are you saying that by listening more, you will create a, an element, which is the first element in getting to know somebody. Um, you can't get to trust unless you get first to know and to like. 
Yeah, occasionally you will meet people where there's just that in, in, instinctive, immediate trust. You you know, we, we all have, have those situations that happen. But um, so many people now are so distracted. There's so much information coming at us from so many sources. So many people have got this little object in their hands that they're looking at the screen. Um, that's where they get, that's their, that's their world. So it's not, it's a very surreal, from, from our perspective, like, you know, as you say, we're not teenagers anymore. So, you know, we we had we we know what the world was like before there were before there was the internet, before there were all these phones. So we know what it's like to have a conversation, to sit down. If you want to connect with people, you have to actually contact them. You have to phone them. You have to have a conversation. And that that world has changed a lot. So even going back to the the networking situation, a lot of people go there almost like a sense of desperation, and. Desperation leaves a smell. Ooh, wait a minute. Will you repeat that, please? Desperation leaves a smell. That is absolutely phantasmagorically wonderful. So you talked about two Ds so far, maybe even three. The first D you mentioned was distraction. When people are distracted, you cannot, almost by definition, by definition, can't you can't have a conversation. Because people are thinking about something else or want to do something else. And they may even, with their addiction, people are so addicted today. Again, doesn't matter the age. I will tell you, uh, 85% of the people listening right now are under the age of 35. And a lot of them are in the age group of 18 to 22. They are digital natives which on some level is absolutely wonderful. They feel quite at home with all of the, the tools that are available in this modern age. By the same token, it is so, how should we call it? It is so addictive that it's even hard to know that you are being distracted. And as you said, if you're distracted, it's hard to perform in your business, in your relationship, in anything that has to do with with glowing in your life. And as you said so eloquently, it's a great quote. We're going to have to say it again. Desperation leaves a smell. Oh, speaking of smell, I want to ask you, you know, reading faces, uh, let's also talk about something that I'm just throwing this out because you mentioned it. Reading faces and speaking with somebody. What about somebody's breath? Do you ever get into that? No. Okay. <laughs> and if I if I'm meeting garlic, I make sure. The other <laughs> Well, some people don't eat garlic and they have a, an issue, like you said, it leaves a smell. Uh, so I want to go into the the depth here about reading faces. And you mentioned the FBI and such like that. So what does the FBI have to do with reading faces? Oh, they've been, they've been using face reading, body language. They're, 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 they're like F, FBI agents are trained to read faces, micro expressions, body language, uh, the nonverbal language, which is also how people speak, not so much what they say, but how people speak, tone of voice, pitch, rhythm of voice. Um, whether people are hesitant in, in how they speak, if there's, um, it, they get into linguistics as well. So that's not really my field, but um, I listen more for what for how people speak than what they say. So speaking about how, how does facial hair um, affect someone's face? For instance, you have a mustache and a little beard. Very nice. Very professorial. I have a, a larger mustache and a, a fuller beard and white hair and on top completely bald like you. <laughs> Not bald, very distinguished, distinguished. Oh, very good, very good. Distinct. That's another good D word. So how does facial hair enter into something? Does it, um, is it distracting? Is it enhancing? Or you might can say, well, it all depends. Yeah, I, my view is it all depends. In the in the ancient Chinese system, um, it's not really referred to because Chinese men didn't grow beards. They may have grown little, you know, a little bit wispy, a few wispy hairs. But uh, Chinese people traditionally don't have a lot of body hair, so um, so that wasn't part of the tradition. So I tend to regard, I tend to look at the individual. Um, there are some people where it's very apparent to me, at least, you know, they have a full beard and they're hiding. It's like a, you know, it, it's like a mask because they're, they're very insecure, very lacking in confidence. Some people, it's like it, it's almost like uh, jewelry. 
where they want to really, you know, they're peacocking. And some people, it's just, this is just how I, this is just how I am. This is, I just feel comfortable like this. So. So can, can you discern another D word? Can you discern from someone's face, you as a high level practitioner, if in fact the beard or the mustache or whatever the facial hair is, is it as a peacock? Is it to hide or such? Can you discern that oftentimes by looking at other things like eyes, uh, ears, etc.? Yeah, the eyes especially. The, I mean, there's an old saying that the eyes are the windows to the soul. Now, whether you whether you get into sort of the metaphysical side of it or not, the eyes to me are so revealing of where the person has come from because it's like the you know the idea of the layers of the onion. I'm looking at the eyes, and the eyes are telling me a lot about the person's emotional history. And then you've got, if you like to, if you divide the face into two vertical halves, the right eye is like the public persona, the left eye is the private persona. So, yeah. Oh, this is so wonderful. Well, I'm going to ask the other obvious question, which is teeth. In other words, when someone smiles, there are several gradations of smile, and one of them is a, we'll call it a toothy smile. So yeah. are teeth part of the, the facial recognition process? They can be, absolutely, yeah. Um, if you've got the two upper front teeth and they're obviously much larger than the others, it tells you this is a very stubborn individual. And that's not a judgment, that's an observation. Whereas if the canines are obviously longer, this is somebody who's very competitive by nature. Um, like Tony Robbins has noticed, noticeably larger canines, so you know he's competitive. Again, <laughs> so that's an observation, it's not a judgment. Right, no, it's just a fact, that's it. Yeah, it's just a fact, yeah. it's just a fact, yeah. So, so yeah, th this is wonderful. So let me tell everybody, most people who've been listening for a while know this. I share it with you as well. So the acronym that we use for the word joy is journey of you. And that's what you're talking about, I believe. This journey of you, the ability to look at someone's face and be able to discern a level of trust, competency, um, connection, etc., and which is, of course, fundamental if you're going to have a relationship with someone, man or woman. Now, you said women are a different read than men. By the same token, you can ask uh, the woman that you love or another being to look at your face and see what they discern. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to ask you in, the, in a minute, right now, for the next minute or so, would you be willing to look at my face and see what you can discern and tell people? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, yeah. thank you. And just to just to clarify, I do not say nice things for the sake of it. I just tell you what I see. No, we're uh, not, we're not looking for nice. We're looking for honesty. Yeah, but I, I but I do like to do it with kindness because that's that's to me that's absolutely you know that's non-negotiable. Kindness is by is a vital part. So we're on the same page there. So I'm looking at this vertical crease you've got here, the the lower forehead area. And that tells me you've got strong perfectionist tendencies. When you do something, you like to do it right. Um, now, that the Chinese perspective is always that the, the, there's no absolutes. Anything that has a, uh, as they say, every, anything that has a front has a back. So, um, so the, the the positive of it is you can be you've got that perfectionist tendency. You set very high standards for yourself in particular, but you can also be very self-critical. So, that that oh, it's not quite good enough i know i should have done so watch that one because there's good enough and there's, there's good you have to recognize when it's good enough and the next time it'll be even better thank you yeah um and just watch one other particular thing with the, with this vertical crease is the you're likely to have a tendency towards hypoglycemia or low blood sugar levels and this is because that line is so deep it's likely that it's a bit of a family trait so make sure you're eating eating well, but also eating small amounts of of, um, of of food regularly, rather than rather than fasting for long periods or eating high sugar foods, because that would just send your your sugar levels just you know swinging wildly, and that can impact on your mood, your temperament, and then obviously by definition your communication and your relationships. And I am a what do they call it type two A diabetic. So there you have it, right? Spot on. And my father was a borderline diabetic. Okay. More, please. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at your nose and you've got a really you've got a lovely, well-formed nose. So that tells me, first of all, that you're naturally very expressive. 
you're you're a man of you're a man of strong character. Um, you've got a lovely rounded nose tip, so you're naturally you're naturally sociable. People matter to you. People mm. people are really important in your life. And then the, the tip of your nose sort of hangs down a little bit, so that tells me your service is very important. Service yes. is just, yeah, just integral to who you are. Um, so that's 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 a few things about the nose. Um, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the the lines in the forehead here, and you have you know who you are. You really know. You you've got deep self awareness. That 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 line in the center of the forehead is very is deep and it's pretty thorough. It's pretty complete. So that tells me that you have come to know yourself. That you've you've gone through you've gone through the fire. If I can put it that way. And you know who you are. You know your values. You know what's really important to you. Um, you have a deep understanding of of your life. You have a deep understanding of your life purpose. And again, that's so hard earned. So if anybody if anybody were to challenge your values, you would not appreciate it because <laughs> you're you're very very clear about it. And one other particular thing is you've got a couple of lines one up one above each eyebrow. Um, and th what that tells me is you've got very, very practical, real world, uh, real world intuition. In other words, somebody presents you with an idea or a proposal, you will in instinctively and in almost immediately know, yeah, this will work, this won't work. So, um, so if, if anybody tries to persuade you when you know something just isn't worth the time or isn't going to work, don't waste your time. Hurt your instinct. You know me. Okay, I want to make mention that uh, Joseph is willing to do some of this for listeners. Is that correct? Absolutely. Woo! So um, <clears throat> I urge everybody, go to my website, barryshore.com, B-A-R-R-Y-S-H-O-R-E, barryshore.com. Everything about Joseph, his work, about uh, what he calls face, what we call the world, facial analysis, because your face tells your story. And you want your story to be out there. People, every, people tune in to this podcast. Be, you're using your most valuable asset, your time. You tune in because you know it's your advantage. You'll be happier, healthier, and wealthier. Who doesn't want that? So facial analysis will be of benefit to you to find out those issues that can enhance your life. Everybody wants that. So go to barryshore.com. You're going to find the ability to connect with Joseph and uh, take full advantage of what he's offering because it's fabulous because we care about you. That's we're in service. That is absolutely correct. Joseph. It's all about service. So I want to um, continue just a bit here in this idea of building trust. So when I share with people that I do training with and for uh, <clears throat> especially networking, we talk about uh, concept called kilt everybody knows that scottish men wear a kilt right you know, kilt k-i-l-t it stands for no interested like and trust see if you're going to ever do business with somebody and let's be very blunt everything is business everything marriage life friends it's business however I need to emphasize on a high level. What does high level mean? You get to know somebody. You get interested in somebody else. You are interested in them. You get to like each other. Then you can get to a place called trust. Trust is deep. It's powerful. You can't get there right away. It doesn't happen in an instant. You can fall in infatuation right away, but getting to trust is a process. So I want to just invest another minute or two on what it is with facial analysis that can really create that spark of trust, which, by the way, happened for you in that macrobiotic restaurant when you're sitting across from somebody and he calls somebody over and then you're at, you're at a, a course that night. You yeah. obviously had enough trust to do that. Yeah. So how did that happen? Um. I was uh, tuned in. I was aligned with my instincts. Very simple. And the reality is, like we, 
we've only had verbal language for somewhere between 150,000 and 200,000 years, but our ancestors in various forms were around for a lot longer than that. So they were doing all this stuff. They just, they knew how to read people because they had to. They needed for survival. So it's actually hardwired into us to read other people. So that's the, that's the first thing. We, we all know how to do it. We've just forgotten. Um, but when it, comes to, when it comes to the trust bit, the thing I recommend people is to look at the eyes. Um, and you can practice by getting a good photo of any given set of celebrities, politicians. And just what you can do is just, just first of all, set yourself down. Just take a couple of deep breaths. Just calm yourself down. So you're, you're making yourself as empty as possible. And forget about like or dislike. Just, you're just curious. So when you get into that place, just look at the eyes on the photo and ask yourself, what do I feel from those eyes? And there's three basic possibilities. The eyes will feel warm, they'll feel neutral, or they'll feel cold. And if the eyes feel cold, you meet somebody and their eyes feel cold, you step back. You don't engage unless it's like it's, it, it's, a, it's a transactional thing. You, you do business with them, but it's a, it's a one-off deal and you're not looking to build a relationship. But if the eyes, so if the eyes feel cold, they're not there for you. They're there for themselves. So I recommend practice, practice, practice looking at eyes. Woo! <laughs> Talk about benefits. That's the genius of listening to the Joy of Living podcast. We have sponsors that love us. We vet them. We urge you to. Uh, participate and use whatever they have available because otherwise it wouldn't be allowed on the show. We'll be right back with more the amazing Joseph McGuire right after this brief message. Don't go away. Opportunity. What an opportunity. I'm going to use two four-letter words right now. Free gift. Free gift. Yes, you can have a copy of my best-selling book, The Joy of Living, How to Slay Stress and Be Happy, the ebook version for absolutely free. All you have to do is send an email to me, Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, at barryshore.com, and in the heading, the subject line, just write, free gift. <laughs> it's as easy as that. This is a life changing life enhancing opportunity barry at barryshore.com you'll be glad you did thank you thank you thank you free gift do it now take the action make it happen right now best wishes bye good day beautiful bountiful beloved immortal beings and good looking people you're good looking because you're always looking for and finding the good we just talked about that if you remember we ended up on a high note of being able to look into the eyes of another being and just three different aspects of a being are those eyes warm neutral or cold cold is something you want to avoid if possible neutral you make a decision maybe more information is needed Warm, lean in. Lean in and begin a process because warm eyes will talk to you possibly about a warm heart and possibly about the benefits that accrue to each other. One of the things that we discussed, and I'm going to ask you right now, wonderful Joseph, shining your light into the world. I mean, I love it. We talked about glow before and grow, and I'm glowing, and it's just, it's, it's beautiful shining your light into the world. So it's, these are great words. Can you give us two practical processes that people can use right now to shine their light into the world? Yeah, the first, first one is when you meet somebody, doesn't matter what the context is, smile. Give them, give them that full beaming smile. We, we call it the Duchenne smile. You get, you get people who do the social smile, but the eyes are not engaged. And you can see the eyes. It's it's a you know you, you see with a lot of celebrities and politicians. It's a practiced smile, but when you really beam, when you you know when you see the eyes sparkle, that tells people you're open. It tells people you're receptive. It tells people your heart is with them. So I mean that's it doesn't get any simpler than that. But it's so powerful, and it doesn't matter whether it's a business you know it's a business scenario, it's a social scenario, it's an intimate thing. When you meet somebody, smile and just just open up. 
because when you smile, I mean, it's, it's, it's beneficial for you because it lowers your blood pressure. It, it's a muscle relaxant. And um, research from Sean, I can never remember how to pronounce his surname, Sean Acor or Acor, the Harvard psychologist. Yes, yes. Yeah, his, 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 his research demonstrates that when we're, when we're in a positive, happy state of mind, we're actually 31% smarter. But, but it also triggers, a, when we smile like that more open, it triggers a mirror neuron response in, in, the, in our counterpart, whoever we're meeting. So it tells them we're not a threat. So automatically they can relax. So they can open. So like, and it doesn't cost, doesn't cost a cent. <laughs> and Joseph is not even aware, I believe, at this moment yet about uh, a particular card. So I'm going to hold it up there. Now, for those of you who are watching, Joseph, can you read what this card says? Keep smiling. So I am humbled and honored to tell you, wonderful Joseph, that that card you just saw and read, we have distributed around the world more than 5 million of them. Wow, beautiful. In, beautiful. in, 20, in 27 languages. It's called the Keep Smiling Movement. And I am humbled to say that I am the founder of the movement. And thank God we have people all around the world that are giving them out and sharing them both physically and electronically. So it's something we'll, we'll talk about in a bit. So in terms of bringing your glow to the world. So you talked about smiling eyes. Is there something else? I want to make mention of a, a quick story that um, I learned. And I think you'll, you'll like this because it, it goes to the idea of business, particularly because a lot of people tune in because I discuss, I love business. I think business is the highest calling in the world because it's both what I call TT, T squared. It's both transactional and transformational. When you do business with someone else, you're getting close to the trust, the T, and everybody wins when you do it right. So I was nine years old. I grew up in a place called Boston, Massachusetts. In the wintertime, we have cold and snow, and it was cold and snow on this particular day, and it was during the week, and school was closed off. Yay! Before the internet, you heard it on the radio. That was great. So instead of going back to bed or just playing a game or something, I got dressed in all of my stuff long underwear and everything else and gloves and air stuff and shovel. And I'm going, I'm going to shovel snow because my allowance was 25 cents a week. And I knew I could make more money than that by shoveling snow. And we had, I think, seven, eight inches that particular snow. So it was a lot. And I went out and um, I went out at about 8.15 in the morning, didn't come back till about 5.30 at night when it was already dark. But I had shoveled a lot of snow. I made, I earned $55. Nine years old. It was huge. I mean, you know, I was really exhausted. I don't even think I have, I, I don't think I had lunch. Uh, I had a little bit of a, of a thermos or something. And when I came back, my father was very happy. And he said to me, my dear beloved son, he used to like that, use that term. My dear beloved son, how do you spell business? I said, well, I was nine. I was, I was pretty smart. B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S. -S. He said, right. Notice something. The U comes before the eye. When you go out and you bring service and benefit to other people, the eye will always be taken care of. So I've used that. It took me a decade or more to internalize that. <laughs> I was smart, but I wasn't that clever. Uh, and I use that as part of my entire life because everything we do is business. As I said, it's not just transactional, it's transformational. And you're right, service is, is my essence. When the you comes before the I, you don't even have to worry. You're not desperate. It will always be. It's a law. Law stands for love and wisdom. So I want to ask you, wonderful Joseph, you have a course where you actually instruct people, much like you went to that course from the Macbiotic restaurant. You have a course that instructs people in, in being able to read, do what's called facial analysis and such. So we have just a couple more minutes. Can you give us some insight in what the course can do for people? Yeah, like I said earlier, it's all about, for me, it's all about helping people create exceptional relationships. And you mentioned, like we've been talking about trust here, and that that's, um, that's just, it's just, a core value it has to be and how and how we engage with people but one thing that people often miss is when we when we establish trust with somebody else when we establish real trust with somebody else 
people often forget that it, 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 it persuades people then to expand and open their network to you. you know? Woo! So it's never just a one-to-one. -one. It's potentially who they know that they will trust you in their company or trust to, you know, to introduce you to. So what, we're, what people gain from, from doing the course is they learn about reading people's reading faces, but in the context of making a real connection, because any of these techniques can be used for manipulation. I'm well aware of that, but that's not where I'm coming from. And I would never encourage anybody to use it for that purpose. Um, so, uh, and I, I would tend to, I, I would tend to spot people like that coming on board. So I would you know, gently, you know, persuade them to look elsewhere. Um, but people will learn the, the practicalities of how to read a face. But then, in the in in the course, it, it's also it's also interactive. There'll be breakout rooms where they get to connect with other people. So they get to practice their skills, not just reading people, but connecting with people, having actual conversations. And again, I always emphasize it's in the context of communicating, communicating to create relationship. We love it. Create, remember, causing rethinking, enabling all to excel. The word trust is a great acronym that stands for total reliance upon something true. And that's what you just said, because the face, by definition, is going to be true. Yes, some people can manipulate, like you said, politicians. and But by and large, the people we interact with, that's not who they are. Like you said, most people want to be trustworthy and they can show it in their face. And when you find that, when you get warm eyes and a beautiful smile, you have an opportunity, just the opportunity to create potentially a relationship. Still need to go through the kilt where they said you can pick it up and look underneath and say, whoa, what's that? Or you can do that. And, and even though women may be a little more enigmatic than men, still these techniques may prove to be beneficial. I think that they would be. So I'm going to now, because our time, unfortunately, is coming to a close. I have three quick, quick questions for you, wonderful Joseph. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Yep. First question, will you come back again? Oh, I would be delighted. I'd be honored. Woo! Thank you much. Number two, you have only 80 seconds to answer this, Joseph McGuire. <laughs> what is your most fervent desire? Oh, to own to own a small vineyard and be part of an artisan food producing community. Oh, you didn't even hesitate. We know yeah. what you want. And where do you want to have this artisanal vineyard? What uh, area? Oh, I have a love of Italy and I'm slowly learning Italian. Okay. You, well, you don't want to do it in the south of France? Italy is where I Italy. feel so drawn to, yeah. Okay. And that's northern Italy, I presume. Italy, yeah. yeah, and near Lake Cuomo, Lake Como area or not? Um, I I need to explore more, but that's that's just maybe that's just my love of going to Italy, you know. Okay, so great Italian wine that was made with love. Okay, and the third question: May I give you a hug in front of three hundred and seventy-nine thousand eight hundred and ten people around the world? Oh, there's, there's such a shortage of hugs, Barry. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, let me tell you what. Good. Let me tell you what HUG stands for. Ready? Heartfelt, unlimited giving. Heartfelt, unlimited giving. One, two, three. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay. And again, you're listening to The Joy of Living with your humble host, Barry Shore, and our amazing guest, Joseph McGuire. And it's all about you. That's why you tuned in, because you care the most entire world about you. Because when you're the best you, you make the world a better place. You build bridges of happiness and joy and peace and love. You know that we discussed the three fundamentals of life. Number one, life, your life is purpose. You lead a purpose-driven life. Number two happens, you go mad. Mad is a fabulous acronym that stands for make a difference. 
And the third is to unlock the power and the sequence of everyday words in there, like smile, seeing miracles in life every day, as my eight-year-old niece says, seeing miracles in everyday life. Create the kind of world you want to live in, causing rethinking, as Joseph has taught us today, enabling all to excel. You want to be able to shift your perspective, keep that F in place so the other stuff happens, and internalize, utilize, and leverage the six most important words you'll ever learn. Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. Use four-letter words. Now, the ones we use, of course, we live in the world of positive, purposeful, power, and pleasant are love, life, hope, free, give, play, pray, swim, and teach the world to F you, capital N, capital N. So after the show, you see your family and friends, point your finger, twinkle in your eye, smile in your face, tell the world F you, capital N. You say, where'd you get that? Barry Shore, he wants to teach the world to F you. And then you'll be able to talk about all the amazing things that you learned today about facial connection with people. And we ask, use the two most powerful words in English language three times a day for now and the rest of your life because it's good for you. You'll be happier, healthier, and wealthier. And these two are, thank you, thank you, thank you, to harmonize and nurture kindness, to harmonize and nurture kindness. And we have a blessing from Joseph and Barry. Our blessing is go forth, live exuberantly, spread the seeds of joy, Happiness, peace, and love. Go mad. Go make a difference. Joseph, don't go away. Good day. Beautiful, bouncing with beloved immortal beings and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking. So I was looking for and finding the good. Here you are on Insider Tips on the Joy of Living podcast. And we have a big one for you today. We have somebody who can help you in your business. And if you're not in business, you can pass it on to somebody who is in business because everybody, everybody needs to know what we're going to be talking about today. We are honored to have with us a remarkable man. His name is Raj Data, D-A-T-T-A. Now, if that is not an amazing way to have a name that results in something of being the IBM vice president and of technology partnerships. And we're going to be talking about overcoming the myths surrounding AI adoption. Now, I don't think I have to tell anybody what AI stands for, but I will anyway. Artificial intelligence. So overcoming the myths surrounding AI adoption, because everybody, everybody around the planet knows that this idea called generative AI holds enormous potential for driving business growth. And if you're not involved, you will lose. That's simple. So Raj, first of all, welcome. And let me ask you, how is it that a man named Raj Data gets into the business of data? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Barry, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, I, I think I was maybe just born for this. You know, um, I, I've actually been in the, the data and analytics space for a very, very long time. So, you know, this this Gen AI component was just an evolution of it. So, um, no, but thank you very much for having me on. I'm excited to, to be here and, and give you my insight on what I'm seeing in the market today. Well, you have some insights, as you said, you've been around the, uh, this world for 20 years or more, and that's part of the, the idea of the myths that it just happened overnight. It's been around for a while, but let's just talk about what they, can you tell us the three most common myths that are stopping businesses from adopting generative AI? What are the common myths? Yeah, you know, um, there are many myths around AI and, you know, AI has been around, as you mentioned, for quite some time. You know, we, we, we saw all of the excitement when our, our Watson technology played Jeopardy and when our Watson technology won in chess, right? Uh, but now it's evolved to becoming uh, ready for the business area. And, and, and as I'm talking to clients and partners on a regular basis, uh, there, there are some common myths that keep coming up. Uh, I would say one of them is with regards to, you know, partners and companies not being aware of all the tools and platforms that are truly available to help them embed responsible AI. And we'll go into responsible AI in a second. But, you know, there's a lot of noise that's out there today with regards to AI. And what what kind of products are out there today to help companies really build responsible AI and what are the right solutions for that company. Um, another one that I'm seeing is they often overestimate the complexity and cost of building AI. You know, many companies are thinking, oh, you know, in order to implement this, is this gonna slow down my development life cycle for my core solution? 
or you know, is this going to you know sidetrack my developers to do something like that? You know, and, and the last one is the perceived gap with regards to skills and expertise. Do I need to hire an army of data scientists in order to build a AI solution into my product? And the simple answer for all of them is, you know, th there are solutions that, that are out there. And, you know, our focus, you know, from IBM over the past, you know, six to seven months has truly been making AI available to everyone in a very responsible way. And, and what we're calling, you know, AI for business. This is absolutely so wonderful because it's busting myths is a very important aspect of growing any business. Because if you're in business, that is one of the things that you need to do for yourself, your people that you work with, your suppliers, and the people that you sell to. Because everybody needs to be in that channel of growth. And I want to just unpack a couple of things you said because they're really powerful. One of them is overestimating cost and complexity. Let's be blunt, Raj. Everybody did that when it came to mainframes, remember those things? Or PCs, and how do I link all this stuff together, and T1s, and just, and everybody overestimated the cost and complexity and recognized, you know, there is an aspect to this that is available even to somebody who is not a data wonk. Now, by the way, just everybody needs to go to ibm.com, ibm.com. Everybody knows those letters ibm.com. I want to go back to something you said. Lots of noise. It's a lot of noise because of chat GBT and everything else. And just, you're right, making a lot of noise. But I love this point of responsible AI because responsible AI, I think, does what you said about the third myth. It reduces the perceived gap between skills and expertise. In other words, it really is available to every business, if you're willing to invest 15 minutes a day, I'm using that as a stake in the ground. So let's just go and ask you another question before we close out. How has IBM, this great, wonderful worldwide organization, this company, how has IBM made AI more affordable and less time consuming for business? Yeah, you know, and one thing I'll just share, Barry, is, uh, you know, um, I started my career in the mainframe space. So uh, when you said that, I, I, you know, I had a smile on my face because, you know, maybe I'm dating myself for how long I've been in the business for. Um, but, you know, um, you know, going back to the AI and making it affordable. I mean, historically, AI has been very complex. It's been expensive. It's been time consuming. And we understand that. And one of our missions overall, you know, and this is why I came back to IBM about six or seven months ago, is to help companies accelerate the adoption of AI in what we call embeddable AI. And what that really is, is giving, your, giving companies that are out there the ability to integrate a AI-ready solution into your product. So the moment that you, you know, you have a product you want to get AI capabilities, IBM has that. And all you have to do is spend that 15 minutes a day, integrate it into your offering, and then you can take it to the market. And the beauty of that is when you take it to market, you're going to have some very delightful customers because you just you know, accelerated their experience of, of your solution, right? So that's one of the areas that we've really helped go through. And you know, I, I believe with the, you know, with the Watson X technologies that we have, we have companies of all different sizes that are out there that are leveraging this technology, anywhere from, you know, smaller startups to some of the largest companies in the world. And, and you'll be surprised that, you know, uh, what we do is we, we stay fairly quiet with regards to who actually has our AI capabilities embedded in. You know, and we're allowing them to release it as their AI capabilities. And you know, to me, I think that's a very exciting area that we've we focused in on, and we've made sure that the masses can adopt AI. So this is absolutely wonderful. I want to unpack these couple of words: embeddable AI. That is yes. so wonderful. And everybody needs to go to IBM.com. 
ibm.com, and uh, you'll find yourself pleasantly surprised. And uh, as I said, we're going to make sure that this is available to everybody, and that's the important thing. So first of all, I want to say a big thank you to you, and uh, you got 28 seconds. Leave us with a message for 28 seconds. Well, um, okay, within the 28 seconds, I guess my message is, first of all, thank you very much, Barry, for having me on. But we are seeing the AI revolution happen. And you mentioned something at the very beginning that caught my attention, is if you're not doing it, your competitors are. So, you know, the exciting part is right now is the time for everyone to engage in this, but to do it in a responsible manner that can help accelerate your business and make your customers experience that much more better with your solution. Did I make it within my time frame? (laughs) Yes, we end up on our show by doing a worldwide hug with everybody. We have hundreds of thousands of listeners. And I'll tell you what hug stands for, heartfelt, unlimited giving. So on the count of three, ready? One, two, three. And thank you so much for being here with us today. Waraj Dada from IBM. Go to IBM.com, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Joy of Living podcast. Now that's another step towards your healthier, happier, and wealthier life. Never hesitate to do good in the world, no matter what the situation. Join us for another upbeat discussion next time at BarryShore.com. And be sure to leave a rating and subscribe to the show to get more conversations like this. And remember to share it with your family and friends too. See you on the next episode.